Can we just pause for a moment? We have a lot going on at this time of year. There are many things that are happening. And I, if you are like me, your brain is just swirling and you're on to the next thing even before the current thing has happened, right? You're just thinking about, okay, what, what, what do I have to do next? What do I have to do next? What do I have to, am I ready? Am I ready? Am I, what do I have to do next? And I just want to take a moment to pause. This Sunday, this Lord's Day, this Christmas Day, to just say everything else will get dealt with or not, and whatever it is, is whatever it will be. But for right here and for right now, we're just not going to worry about anything else that's out there. We're just going to be right here in this moment, reflecting on why we ever come here at all. Why do we ever come into this building? Why do we ever gather with other people who call themselves Christians? Why do we ever do this? We do this because there is a God in heaven. One God in heaven who created the whole world, and when he created it, he said, I want to make mankind in our image, and let us live with him. And so God created mankind and put him in the Garden of Eden, and there God lived with his people, and it was glorious. The creator of the universe living in harmony with the people that he had created and them living in his presence. And it was glorious. And it was glorious for a time until those people rejected him. That is to say, they did not believe that he had their best interest at heart. They did not believe in that moment that God was good. They did not believe the truth that God had spoken to them. And they sinned. And when they sinned, they broke the relationship with God. And there were a variety of consequences to that sin, but one of them was that God said, no longer can mankind live here in my presence. He must go. And he sent them out of that place, out of the Garden of Eden, out of his presence, so that they might go and populate the earth and live away from his presence. And yet our great God, the God who is in heaven, who created all things, yet desired to be with his people and to have his people be with him. And so he called Abraham and he said, Abraham, I want you to come and I want to make you into a great people and you will be my people and I will be your God and I'm going to give you a place to live. And years later, his descendants had grown and they had become a multitude of people. And God said, I am going to take you from Egypt and bring you to the land where I have 
have prepared for you so that you can be my people in my presence, in my place that I have designed for you. And when he did that, he made a covenant with them on Mount Sinai, and the presence of the Lord was on Mount Sinai so that there was smoke and fire and flames, and the presence of the Lord was so overwhelming that the people said, we want to be with the Lord, and we want the Lord to be with us, but Moses, you have to talk to him. You have to talk to him. Because we cannot stand in the presence of the great and awesome God. And so Moses went and he spoke. And he would come back and he would relay the words of God to the people. And he would go and he would tell God the words of the people. And he would go between, back and forth, so that the presence of God could be with his people, but having a mediator, somebody who would go back and forth between. We talked about this some last week, but the people would know that the presence of God was with them because the presence of God was there, right? You can remember that they would be in their tents and they would look out from their tent and they would see the tent of meeting, the place where Moses would go in and meet with the Lord. And they could see that there was the cloud that was there on the tent of meeting. The presence of the Lord was there in the camp in their midst, Or the fire was there with the presence of the Lord in the camp, in their midst. And so they could look out the door of their tent and they could say, yes, the presence of the Lord is here with us. We will go with him. And then they built the tabernacle, the place of worship where the sacrifices would be made and the the people would come to the place where the presence of the Lord was and the presence of the Lord filled that tabernacle. And then once they had entered the land and they had built it out and they had built a place for everybody to live, they then built a house for the Lord. It was David's great desire that there would be a house for the Lord. And so in that temple, the presence of the Lord came. And so when the whole temple was done, Solomon said, this is the dedication day. And the presence of the Lord was so great in that place that the people could not go into it because they knew that the presence of the Lord was there. The presence of the Lord with his people. And we talked about those things last week, and I promised you that this week there would be something more spectacular yet. Because often I have thought, it wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could just look and see and know, yes, the presence of the Lord is here. I could see the, the Shekinah glory of the Lord, the, the, the smoke or the cloud or the flame, that presence of God right there in the midst of his people. Well, this morning, we recognize that the most spectacular thing about our great God is that He so desired to be with us and to have us be with Him that He said, I will be with them by living as one of them among them. And that's why we're here this morning. Because God so loved us that he said, I want to live among you as one of you. And so Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph and before they had come together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. 
and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This one who from the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary so that this one could be born, this Jesus could be born, who was both God and man. That is the mystery of Christmas. People talk about the mystery of Christmas or the magic of Christmas. This is that. This is the wonder of Christmas. That God became a man and that in the person of Jesus, he was at the same time both fully God and fully man so that he might live among us. He might be God Emmanuel, the one who is with us. And the angel said, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, the one who saves. We were talking about this in uh, Life Group last week, that uh, um, the name Joshua is the Lord saves. And Jesus is the uh, Aramaic of Joshua. His name literally means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. And so the angel said, Joseph, you should call his name Jesus because he's going to be the Savior. The Savior. The one who will save all of his people, all of God's people from their sins. That sin that separated us from God, that meant that we must leave his presence, could not be in his presence. Now he says, I am going to save you from those sins so that you might again be able to be in my presence. Again, in Luke chapter 2, it says, Now in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told them. This, I think, is the response that is most appropriate to hearing the message that God's Savior has come. There they were, watching their flocks, normal night, and suddenly the glory of the Lord lit up the sky, and an angel speaks to them and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, they were terrified, and with good reason, I think, because if the glory of the Lord shows up, shines, it is terrifying. You remember those, those Israelites at Mount Sinai looking, just seeing the smoke and the, the thunder and on the mountain and going, that presence of the Lord is overwhelming for us. The presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, we can't handle that. And now here are these shepherds with their sheep, and they're just looking and watching and going, oh my goodness, what is going on? As the glory of the Lord lights up the sky and a messenger of the Lord says, don't be afraid because I want to tell you something that is amazing. This is good news of great joy that's going to be for everybody. I don't know about you, but I, I like having good news. Sometimes I get tired and I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I get, get uh, frustrated with the way that things are going, and I just want somebody to come and give me good news. And here, these shepherds have an angel, a messenger of God, saying, I want to give you some really good news. Something that will make you stand up and dance. Something that will make you celebrate. This is that news. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The one that God had promised would come and redeem his people and make a way for them to live in his presence again. That one has been born today. Now these shepherds have been waiting. Everybody had been waiting. Everybody had been waiting for the one who would come and restore God's people to God. That kind of a Savior. They'd all been waiting for that. The good news of great joy is that that Savior was born that night. Now that's great news for them. That's great news for us. It was great news for them on that night because the Savior had been born. He hadn't even done anything yet. He was just there. He showed up. 
Now they knew who he was. They hadn't yet seen his salvation. They hadn't yet seen what he would do. But for you and for I, every night is a night of good news of great joy. Every night is a good news, great night, great, good. Every night. (laughs) Because we know that this was true then, and it has been true every night since then. And we celebrate it annually on Christmas morning. On Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, we celebrate that Jesus has come. The God of the universe who created the whole thing, from, whom, from whose presence we are separated by our sin, has become a man so that he might save us from our sin and restore us to relationship with him. That's what we celebrate every Christmas. That's what we celebrate every Sunday. That's what we celebrate as Christians every day. That God loved us so much, He would not allow our sin to separate us from Him, but became a man so that He might restore us to relationship with Him. That's what we celebrate every day. And this day in particular is set aside for that. This day in particular. Now, we celebrate on Good Friday and Easter that Jesus died for our sins and that he rose again from the the dead to conquer sin and death that we might be saved. That's when we celebrate the salvation itself. On Christmas, we celebrate the incarnation of God, God himself becoming a man so that that might be possible. The humility of Jesus The one who, through his words, everything was created. We talked about that already this morning. And by his words, everything yet holds its existence. He holds all of creation up in existence in his hand through his word. And yet entered into that creation. So that he might restore us with himself. And this was the sign for them. This is the sign. This is how you will know that the words of the angel are true. You will go into the city of David and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then, boom! A whole host of angels show up and they all celebrate together. Because at this moment, all of heaven recognizes the importance of this day, the incarnation of God. And they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, Jesus so loved us that he became a man so that he could be with us. Do you know that God continues to want to be with us? Jesus is no longer on the earth in the flesh, walking in and amongst us. But before he left, in John 14, it says this. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. And where I am going, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. You see, just as God created the heavens and the earth and desired to live in them with us, when that was no longer possible because of our sin, he says, okay, I'm going to walk in and amongst you and prepare you for eternity with me. And so Jesus says, I am going to no longer walk in and amongst you in the flesh. I'm going to go and prepare the place for you so that you might come and be in my presence there for all of eternity. I'm going to go and prepare that place for you. And his disciples went, wait, hold up. We like it when you're here right now. Jesus, we like having you with us right here, right now. We don't want you to leave. Please don't leave us. And so he says this a little bit further on in John 14. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus, even in his leaving, leaves his spirit with us. So that God might not just merely walk in and amongst us as one of us, but might reside within us. Reminding us that we are his children. Reminding us that there is something more, that someday we will live in eternity with him in his presence. And do you remember that I was talking about how those Israelites would peek out their front door and they would say, yep, the presence of the Lord is with us. And I said, I wish I, I could do that, right? I wish that I could look out and see that flame and go, oh, the presence of the Lord is with us. But I don't have to do that. I don't have to peek outside my door to see if God's presence is among us. I don't have to look for Jesus to see if Jesus' presence is among us because the Holy Spirit is within us, and this is how we know. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. When you confess that Jesus is God in the flesh, that is by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Your confession that He is uh, Lord, that Jesus is Lord, is evidence of the Holy Spirit within you. Then he goes on in, in 1 Corinthians 12, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And so I know that when I am confessing that Jesus is Lord, it is evidence that the Holy Spirit is with me, that God is resides in me. When I am serving and doing the things that uh, are empowered by the Spirit, it is evidence within me that God is in me. And in Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when I exhibit those things, I know it's not me. 
but it is evidence of the presence of God within me. And I say, how great is our God that He so desires to be with us and have us to be with Him that He became a man in, uh, whose name is Jesus, that He walked in and amongst us, that He took the punishment for our sin that was due to us so that we might be forgiven of our sin and we might be reconciled, brought back into relationship with Him. And then he says, and I am going to, as a guarantee, give you my Holy Spirit who will be in and amongst each of you until the day when we go to be with him. And we yet anticipate that day. Revelation 21. We've already heard this this morning, but I want to read it again. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. We are still anticipating that. Today we celebrate that Jesus became a man and lived in and amongst us so that we might live with him, but we recognize also that one day everything will be restored and we will live in the glorious presence of God with no need to be afraid, no need to be separated from him, but seeing him as he is and living with him in glory. Let's pray, and then celebrate in anticipation of that day. Lord God, how awesome are you? How great is your glory in this earth that you created? And Lord, we recognize that we are not worthy to stand in your presence. We do not deserve to be accepted by you. But we acknowledge this morning that out of your love, you have given us a Savior. One who will redeem us from our sin. And Lord, we are in awe that you yourself are that Savior. And so we glorify you for being our great God in heaven and for being the one who saves us from our sin. Lord, may we remember that this morning and each day, now and forevermore. To you be the glory forever and ever. Amen.